Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Anchorage, Alaska to Burnaby, British Columbia, and from Ellensburg, Washington to Billings, Montana, and beyond, welcome to this edition of GNAC Insider. I am Robert Lowry, and it's your weekly in-depth look at the goings-on in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. In the next half hour, we're going to talk to Sango Niang from Simon Fraser University, one of their basketball guards there. They're doing something very interesting at Simon Fraser this year. You're going to want to stick around and learn about it. Also, Allie Madison from the University of Alaska Anchorage, the Seawolf women's team playing very well this year. They're undefeated. We'll talk to her about the UAA basketball program as well. And our first guest tonight is going to be UAA cross-country coach Michael Fries. Now, this past weekend, the 2014 NCAA cross-country championships were held back in Louisville, Kentucky. Michael was there along with the UAA team, and Michael now joins us on the phone line from Anchorage, Alaska tonight. Coach Freeze, thanks for making time and joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Thanks for having me. Well, happy to have you on to talk about this year's cross-country championships. The UAA men's team placed sixth. The women's team placed eighth. That's impressive, but even more so is the fact this is the seventh straight year the women have finished in the top ten, and the fifth straight year the men have finished in the top ten. You've got to be very happy with the accomplishments of your team again this year. Is that fair to say? Yes, I yes I am. Both the men's squad and the women's squad, I believe, represented themselves uh, very well and represented the conference very well particularly pleased with our women and, and how they progressed over the course of the year. It was a really young squad, and uh, at the uh, first part of the season, they weren't even uh, on anyone's radar screen regionally. They weren't even ranked. And for them just uh, to see the improvements and come together and train hard as a team and support one another and, and ended up finishing eighth in the country and actually helping out the West region next year for the allotment of teams uh, selected um, really gratifying. I was really happy to see how their their season finished. I think it's phenomenal, and our research staff here at GNAC Insiders turned up the fact that 20 of your teams have qualified for the NCAA cross-country championships. What are you doing there in Anchorage to have that team, quite frankly, become a, a cross-country dynasty? I, I don't think that's unfair to say. Well, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, you know, we got a good program. Obviously, our university um, uh, strives to support all of our our teams at UAA, and I've uh, got a great uh, uh, coaching staff. And you know, we've just uh, slowly built over the years, um, and you know, I, I think we're at a level now that, as long as we keep doing our job, you know, we're going to at least be competitive uh, every year. The obvious question for folks who are living outside of the Anchorage area who are listening to us tonight is, how can a team in Anchorage, with the winter weather conditions you have there, how can it be so competitive year in and year out in cross country, a sport that many of us would believe would be training trained for primarily outside? 
You know, we certainly uh, there's a lot of myth in Alaska. I mean, a, Alaska is a extraordinarily large state. Uh, our weather patterns in Anchorage, yes, we're a winter city, um, but we're certainly you know don't have it as as, as bad as a lot of the northern tier uh, states. Um, and you know we've got great training facilities and we've got trails and um, areas to train you know throughout the city and and right next to the campus um, I think you know once you kind of see the place you kind of understand that um, it it's very conducive to high level training um, our job is to just try to recruit the athletes and give them the opportunity to to excel and um, and the rest takes care of itself. I bring up weather because that is something you had to deal with this past Saturday back in Louisville, Kentucky. They actually had to shorten the course to 9,500 or so meters because of wet and muddy conditions. As a coach, when that happens, kind of on the fly as it did, did that affect your runners in any way? Certainly from your placement, didn't seem to. No, I don't. I don't think it did. Uh, you know, we certainly wanted to deal with you know what was in front of us, so we made sure that the athletes, uh, their shoes and their spike length was appropriate. Um, you know, we told them to get out assertively, um, and then just you know more importantly, have fun. Uh, have fun out there, uh, trying to run with the best in, in the country. And um, they had trained hard all season and. Uh, everybody has to run in the same type of condition. So as long as they, you know, keep to their game plan and, and, and just focus on having their best race and again, having fun, um, that, that they're going to represent themselves well. And, and, and that's what they did. You had three of your men's team members finish in the top 30. You had two of your women's team members finish in the top 46. Talk about the uh, Seawolf top finishers in both the men's and women's categories on Saturday. Well, you know, on the on the men's side, uh, what's nice is that they're all back next year. Um, and on the women's side, I, I was certainly really happy with uh, Amy Johnston, who who really uh, you know came in and really gave that women's program a, a, a big spark and um, represented herself very very well. Kind of got that All American that she's been seeking for for a number of years. Carolyn Kurgott is uh, our, our gal from Kenya, and she's just progressed tremendously over the course of the year. And, you know, a little over a year ago, she wasn't even training. She wasn't even running. Um, so to see kind of her progression has been is gratifying and a hard worker and certainly a representative of, of, all of, our, of all of our team members. Now, you have been there for 25 seasons now at the University of Alaska Anchorage, and as we mentioned already, 20 of your teams have gone on to nationals. I don't know if you can rank them in this regard, but where does this year's team fall in terms of your all-time best? Well, you know, we've had teams that have placed higher at a national meet, um, you know, but I, it, this team is, for me as a coach, has been very, very gratifying, uh, not necessarily just because of their, their performance, but because of their attitude, uh, their approach, their coachability, um, their loyalty to one another, um, their willingness to, to work hard and understanding that, you know, they, there's a collective uh, spirit in a team and, and then there's an individual um, focus as well. And, and both of those combine for the, the performance of the program. And just, you know, it was wonderful to see how they supported themselves and, and they worked hard and, 
uh, that to me, it's a, it was a, it's a very special team, and it's going to be nice to work with them for a number of years because our both our men's program and our women's program are relatively young, and um, so it's it's certainly exciting to, to to the thought process of being able to work with them for a number of years to come. We're talking with Michael Fries, University of Alaska Anchorage cross-country coach, fresh off the 2014 NCAA cross-country championships where the Seawolves placed sixth on the men's side and eighth on the women's side. Two things I want to ask you about, and I guess number one, and this is something that that you alluded to at, at the top of our interview, and I want to go into it just a little more in depth. You talked about representing UAA, obviously, but also representing the GNAC Conference. Is there, uh, when you go to national, a national meet like this, is there a certain amount of pride in, in trying to represent the conference as well as your school uh, well? Absolutely. You know, the, you know if, we, if we as a conference and, and the West region, if we perform well at, at that national meet, that allows us more allocated spots for the next year's championship. So, you know, while we're trying to beat everybody, uh, you know, we want to perform well for ourselves, but we also understand that we have a responsibility for our, our conference in our region. And, you know, it's great that, that other teams from our conference do well as well. I, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, hey, I, I don't want to lose to a conference team, but if I'm going to, I want one of them to be, you know, from our GNAC, so that, that just makes us stronger for the next year. And, you know, you want your conference to be strong. You want your conference to have, you know, teams that are vying for a top four finish and a potential national championship, because that just brings closer to home what, what is capable of all of our programs and all of our teams um, seeing it right there in front of us. So very, I'm a very strong advocate, you know, love to see strong conference competition, love to see our teams perform well at a national meet because, you know, that's what we're about and we want to compete against the best. And it's great that, that we have such a competitive conference to be a part of. I've talked to other cross country coaches over the years and they have said nearly to a person that the GNAC and the West Region could be the top cross-country conference and the top cross-country region in the entire country. Do you hold to that? It's certainly one of the best. Uh, there, there are conferences and regions that have performed very high at the national uh, level, but uh, I would certainly name our conference and our, our, our region you know, one of the best in the country. That's an absolute certainty. It's, and it's proven by, you know, not only, you know, how we, we perform at a regional level, but how we perform at a national level. Well, Michael, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time for us tonight. Much congratulations to the University of Alaska Anchorage, to you and to your team on, on a great placement at the cross-country championships. And I guess my hunch is right now, based on what you've told me here tonight, uh, about 365 days from now, we may be talking again following uh, another strong showing at the 2000 and what will be 15 cross-country championships. Hey, that's our plan. We'll work okay. hard for it. Well, Michael Fries from the University of Alaska Anchorage joining us tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Time for us Thanks. now to find out what's happening and take a look around the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. In Louisville, Kentucky, the Simon Fraser women's team placed seventh at the NCAA Division II National Cross-Country Championships this past Saturday, as we've just been talking with Michael Fries about. The Klan had four runners in the top 50. 
led by Jennifer Johnson's 30th place finish. Western Washington's Caitlin Steen was the top GNAC runner at the event, placing fifth with a time of 21 minutes and 20 seconds. As we previously mentioned, the Seawolf women placed right behind Simon Fraser in eighth, while the Vikings and Central Washington Wildcats finished 12th and 18th, respectively. On the men's side, besides UAA's sixth-place finish, Western Washington placed 13th and Simon Fraser 20th. Robert Peterson of Montana State Billings, who was competing as an independent, finished 100th overall. In Burnaby, British Columbia, Simon Fraser senior soccer player Jovan Blagojevic was selected as a Dactronics second-team All-American. Also earning All-American honors was Seattle Pacific's Davis Karika. Both players led their teams to double-digit wins and to the NCAA West Regional Tournament. This is the third year in a row at least one Simon Fraser men's soccer player has made the All-American team, and it's the first time since 2001 an SPU soccer player was selected. On the women's side, Western Washington senior defender Brianna Jones made the Dactronics and NSCAA Division II All-American third team. Jones, a first-team GNAC and Dactronics West Region player, led a Vikings defense that allowed just seven goals all season and was ranked third in the nation in goals against average. Seattle Pacific's Isabel Farrell was also named to the NSCAA second team and was a Dactronics All-American Honorable Mention honoree. The GNAC Newcomer and Player of the Year finished the season ranked second in the conference in assists, goals, and points. Up in Bellingham, Washington, the Vikings' Samantha Hutchinson was named an All-American by both Dactronics and the American Volleyball Coaches Association. Hutchinson was selected to the Dactronics first team and the ABCA second team, making her a five-time All-American. The senior libero led all of Division II in digs this fall, helping Western Washington to a 21-7 overall record and a number three seed in the NCAA West Regional Tournament. Four other GNAC players earned honorable mention All-American honors in the ABC poll, highlighted by GNAC Player of the Year, Year Michelle Terpstra, the Vikings' Kayla Erickson and Alaska Anchorage's Caitlin Zanders and Julia Mackey were also selected. Well, don't forget to visit GNACsports.com and GNAC TV to keep up with all of your favorite basketball teams this season. GNAC Insider is going to be right back after this brief timeout. Fall is in the air, and you know what that means. Fall and winter sports. With more than 40 hotels throughout the West, why not take a road trip with Red Lion Hotels and follow your favorite team? With plush pillow top beds, free Wi-Fi, restaurants, and lounges, we want you to stay comfortable. Visit RedLion.com for the lowest rate guaranteed. Red Lion Hotels are proud supporters of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hit the road with us. Red Lion Hotels. There's always a Red Lion nearby. In old school terms, like when football players wore leather helmets, it was called getting your bell rung, high impact shots to the head. Today, we know a lot more about concussions, and one reason is an engineering team over at UAA. This is an important project because we're learning that if concussions are not detected and left untreated, they can have a dramatic impact on people later in life and possibly lead to dementia and severe depression. In a nondescript basement laboratory in the engineering department over at UAA, soccer balls are shot at a researcher wearing an electronic mouth guard that measures the impact of the ball hitting his head. The invention is patent pending and could 
A, lead to better forms of protection, and B, allow instant diagnosis not just for athletes, but for our troops as well. Innovative concussion research, just one of the amazing stories being written every day at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. Well, welcome back. We're going to switch from cross country to women's basketball, but we're going to stay right in Anchorage, Alaska, and talk to Alaska Anchorage senior guard Allie Madison, the GNAC Player of the Week. She scored 14 points each and wins at Montana State University Billings and Seattle Pacific University. And the Seawolves are 7-0 and tonight. Allie, thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I, the obvious first question is the hot start that you're off to. What is fueling the Seawolves' great start out of the gate this year at 7-0, and ranked ninth in the latest USA Today Coaches Top 25? Um, I just think it's the fact that we're super excited to get the season started off. Um, we have a, a really good team this year. We're all um, really excited to play with each other, and just the camaraderie we have camaraderie we have on the team is at a super, super high level, and we just every time we hit the floor, we really, really enjoy being out there with each other, and I think that's something that is really fueling our fire um, from the get-go. Now, I talked about the wins, but I didn't talk about the magnitude of the wins. You beat defending GNAC champion Montana State Billing 76-60 in the conference opener last Thursday. Then you follow that up with a defeat of 23rd-ranked Seattle Pacific 85-58 to on Saturday. That 27-point margin, the largest margin of victory ever by a UAA team against Seattle Pacific University. So you're not only playing well, but you're playing to a level that seems to be above other GNAC teams. I want to just come at this from another perspective. Let's talk specifically. What are the Seawolves doing offensively well? What are they doing defensively well? Um, I think in both cases, offensively and defensively, what's really um, set us apart is our pace and our depth. Um, I think both of those combined um, have really been the key factors in um, the wins that have been um, pretty pretty drastic wins. And um, for us, uh, we really focus on staying in peak shape, and I think that's really benefited us in those games. Um, so I would say that would be uh, the main Main reason for those those key wins. One of only two teams undefeated in the NCAA West region right now are the Seawolves. Does that add pressure or does that add motivation? Definitely motivation. Um, it, it's a great great feeling to be um, recognized at that level, um, but at the same time, it's just fueling our fire and we're ready to take on our next opponent and keep progressing that number to a smaller number. The Great Alaska Shootout was played earlier. You beat Yale. You had 10 points, three rebounds, and an assist and a block shot in that game. The teams also beat North Dakota State and UC Riverside during your career at the shootout. Talk a little bit about the, the shootout and, and what that helps the team do to get ready for the, for the competitive GNAC season. Um, the shootout is a great experience. You know, every time we play in it, we have um, Division One teams come, and I think um, that alone is is a great experience to have. Um, um, typically, the D1s that we have come in are are 
fairly good D1s and they have um, a good roster and they play at a high a high level, um, which I think is a good benefit to have at the early end of the season. We kind of kind of get like a good taste of what the high level teams um, in the Division Two level that we'll see later on, and I think it's it's just a good kind of experience to to gain at the beginning of the season. You take on McKendree, Illinois, Saturday and Sunday, and then you move on to host the Seawolf Hoops Classic December 19th and 20th. What do you know about this McKendree squad? Um, I know that they they played um, a ranked team pretty tough. Um, They have some good players on their team. Um, Last I checked, they had um, multiple players in double figures, so it's definitely something that we're going to have to focus on. They have multiple players that – um, could have big games against us. So this week really got to focus in and focus on the game plan and, and prepare early. I got to come back to you for just a moment. You're a, you're a native of Seattle. You played at uh, Kennedy High School there. You were a state champion in high school. When you went back and played against Seattle Pacific in Seattle and you won there, how big of a thrill was that for you this past Saturday? It was awesome. I was on cloud nine. My whole family was there, my extended family, my parents, my aunts, my uncles, my grandmother. It was it was really good to get um a good win in front of them, in front of my friends and family. It was it was great, especially being my last my last game there, um, with me being a senior. It was it was a good way to end end in Seattle Pacific. Final question for you then, and, and this comes back to you being a senior. Do you feel more of a responsibility or do you have a mantle of leadership on this year's Seawolves team because you are a senior and you've been a part of the program now for the past several years? Uh, Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I personally feel like it is my responsibility to um, obtain a leadership role on a team. Um, One, just being with the experience that I have. We we still have a young team, um, and I think – with me having four years of experience is very beneficial to them. And I, I try to um, give my input and lead by example as much as I can. Well, Allie, I appreciate you making some time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Uh, continued success. Let's beat McKendry Saturday and Sunday. And good luck at the Seawolves Hoop Classic coming up. And then uh, have a happy holiday season. Thank you. You too. All right, thank you. Allie Madison joining us tonight from up in Anchorage, Alaska. Time now for us to find out what's in store this week in the GNAC. In men's basketball, Alaska Anchorage will be hosting its second basketball tournament in just two weeks at the Seawolf Jamboree. The Seawolves will be joined by Alaska, BYU-Hawaii from the Pac West, and Humboldt State out of the California Collegiate Athletic Association. Northwest Nazarene will be traveling to a couple of in-state Division I schools for exhibition play on Thursday and Saturday, taking on a 2013 NCAA tournament team in Boise State and then the Bengals of Idaho State. Three GNAC teams will be traveling to Las Vegas in mid-December to play in two tournaments. Seattle Pacific and St. Martin's will compete in the Las Vegas Challenge against Dixie State and Rollins College on December 17th and 18th. Western Washington will also be in Las Vegas on the 18th and 19th to compete in the South Point Holiday Hoops Classic, where it will face 7th-ranked Tarleton State and Cal State San Bernardino. Non-conference play ends just before Christmas, and the GNAC regular season will resume on January the 1st of 2015. 
In women's basketball, Montana State Billings and Western Washington will face a pair of big sky schools in the last two GNAC exhibition games of the year. The Vikings will do battle with Portland State on Sunday, while the Yellow Jackets head west to face Montana State. St. Martin's will also face a Division I school in December as it travels to Cheney, Washington, to face Eastern Washington. That, that game comes up Friday. Four GNAC teams will be competing in the Las Vegas Challenge and South Point Holiday Hoops Classic in Las Vegas December 17th through 19th with the men's teams as well. Central Washington will head to Montana on December 19th to play in the Montana State Billings Yellow Jacket Classic. And Alaska will join Texas Kingsville and Pacific of Oregon, along with the host UAA in the Seawolf Hoops Shootout the week before Christmas. Now, GNAC Insider is going to take a break for the holiday season. We'll be back with our next episode January the 6th of 2015. Until then, you can stay connected with GNAC Sports on our Twitter and Facebook pages and by going to GNACsports.com. Well, GNAC Insider is going to be right back following this brief timeout. Make sure to follow the GNAC on social media. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching GNAC Sports. And visit us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. MSC Billings brought my future into focus. With over 100 academic options, the choice is clear. I chose health and human performance. Music and business. Math and physical sciences. Elementary education. Radiologic technology. MSUB offers more online courses than any institution in Montana. Professors make courses meaningful. My internship puts what I'm learning into motion. MSUB is the most affordable option in the region. Experience the MSUB Advantage. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm your host, Robert Lowry. When you think about a basketball team averaging more than 126 points a game, I th- it's, it's obvious to think, well, that must be an NBA team. No, nope, it's not an NBA team. It's a team in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, the Simon Fraser University clan, and a key member of that team is joining us now from Burnaby, British Columbia, guard Sango Niang, Simon Fraser University guard, who himself is averaging 23.4 points a game. Sango, thanks for joining us here tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. The obvious first question is this. When you learned that head coach James Blake was going to that 1980s-style Loyola Marymount system that Paul West had kind of spearheaded, where essentially it is trying to outscore your opponent, what was the mood of the play? When did he bring it? When did he bring that information to you? He didn't just show up the first day of practice and say, "Hey, fellas, we're going to change up a bit," did he? No, we talked about it over the summer, and he was telling me how I got to work on my three-point shooting, how he wants to score more team more shots than any team in the GNAC, shoot more threes, and how we're going to try to get a good shot within the first seven seconds. So I was prepared for it, and he did a good job recruiting the right guys to surround me, so it makes it easier for me to score. Let me ask you, and I want you to say what you said again. This team is trying to score within how many seconds of the shot clock? The first seven seconds. The first seven seconds. What's that been like? Now, Simon Fraser was not a slowdown team. It hasn't been under James Blake. But saying that, this has taken it up another notch without question. Has that been a tough transition to try to score that quickly? 
I mean, yeah, it's been a uh, different transition because most coaches want you to get a good shot and um, play uh, within the offense. And with us, we just play dribble drive and try to attack the basket as quick as possible before the other team sets up. And I think that benefits us because we practice playing fast and are used to playing fast when some teams are not. You've scored 100 points, not individually, obviously. The clan has scored 100 points <laughs> in seven of eight games it's played this season, including the last four straight. And as I mentioned, you're averaging 126.1 points a game, tops in the nation. You are held to only 122 in your victory in the conference opener Saturday night against Western Washington. That was the Klan's first win against Western Washington since the 1997-98 season. I know it's just the conference opener, but saying that, did the team take that as, as a point of pride, and were you, were you extremely happy after that game? Yeah, the team was extremely happy uh, after that game. We practiced really hard leading up to the game, and it was a big night for us. It was Terry Fox night, so we had a lot of fans supporting us, and we've been wanting that. And we just had to prove to the GNAC that we're going to be a different team this year and we're ready for the competition. This playing style, we're really everybody bought into the system, so look forward to having a good year. You broke the Vikings' record by seven, getting 71 points. That was one more than the Vikings had ever given up in a half before. Uh, when you went into the locker room and you had 71 points at halftime, did you feel that maybe this was your night? Yeah, we felt it was our night uh, in the beginning when we got the tempo because with this playing style, it's hard to play fast when you're down. So we knew we had to be up the whole game. And we came out with a good mentality, and our bench really played a big part in keeping the win, keeping us winning in, in the game. Now, you have an interesting background from Fontana, California, via Paris, France. Talk a little bit about how you got from California to Paris to Burnaby, British Columbia, because you've uh, you've now played basketball on three continents, or at least three countries. Yeah, yeah well, um, I was born in Paris, France, and then um, I moved to California when I was six years old, and then um, started playing basketball when I was 13 years old, and so, like, basically kind of high school, freshman year. And um, in my high school career, I wasn't getting a lot of playing time. I never really got playing time until I went to junior college after high school, so... I didn't know basketball was for me. And ever since my coach gave me a chance at a junior college, I just started to take advantage of it. And um, I really, it was a good recruiting process with Coach Blake. He was first coach to reach out to me, and I felt like we really got along. So ever since then, I've been here. Now, I don't necessarily want to call you a late bloomer, uh, but certainly you are playing very, very well. As we mentioned, you're averaging uh, twenty, nearly 24 points a game, better than 23 points a game. But you also played this past summer in the Drew League down there back in California, which is a highly competitive league made up of Division I players and NBA players. Now, uh, our research staff here at GNAC Insider tells me that you actually scored 24 points in a game while Houston Rockets guard James Harden was, was guarding you. Is that true? Yes, this is true. What was it like playing in that atmosphere down there against guys you watch on TV? I mean, it's a humbling experience. Um, I was nervous before the game, but once the the ball got tipped off, I was just like, it's just another game. We're on the same court. Let's just I have nothing to lose. Let me just prove to myself that I belong here and I can play with these guys. So it was really good confidence booster for the Division Two opponents. So I feel like it was a good experience. 
Songo Niang from the Simon Fraser University basketball team joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Who are some of the other maybe household name players who were in that league that you competed against? Um, I played against James Harden, um, Bobby Brown, and a lot of other uh, NBA players. It was just a great competition. Like, if you don't belong there, uh, if you don't, if you're not ready for competition, I don't think you should go in that gym. Now, interestingly, as you mentioned, you you came to basketball uh, in your teen years. Your father, Babakar Niang from Senegal, was actually a member of the 1984-88-92 Olympic Games teams from his home country as he ran in the 800 meters. Did you have any track in your background as well? Did you run any events like that when you were growing up? Yeah, growing up, I was um, raised into an athletic family, but um, my dad made me run track and field, so I ran that until I was 13 years old, and I was number one in the in my area for cross country and track and field, and I ran the 400 meter dash. And uh, one day, I just told my dad, like, uh, I don't enjoy track; I'm only doing it because you told me to. And I switched to basketball, and it was a hard transition because I wasn't getting a lot of playing time in high school, but I feel like it all paid off when it comes to me playing now. Well, Sango, we sure appreciate you joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider, and it is paying off for you, as we mentioned, 23.4 points a game, 7.4 assists, 3.3 steals per game for a team that's leading the nation and scoring at 126.1 points a game. If you have the opportunity to see Simon Fraser play either in Burnaby or anywhere else that you may be listening to GNAC Insider here tonight, I'll tell you, it's got to be a ton of fun to watch. Is it a ton of fun to play, too, at that pace? Yeah, it's a lot of fun to play at this pace. It's kind of like um, I feel like every point guard dreams to play in an offense like this where they can push the ball and have shooters in every area so they can really get the ball up. And my team makes it a lot easier for me, so I really appreciate them, too. Okay. Well, Sango, I uh, hope we have the opportunity to talk a little bit later this year here on GNAC Insider. Continued success individually, continued success to the clan as a team, and uh, thanks for joining us here tonight. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Okay, appreciate it as well. Sango Niang joining us tonight here from Burnaby, British Columbia. GNAC Insider is going to conclude after this brief timeout. GNACsports.com is your 24-7 resource for all the latest on the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Schedules, results, standings, statistics, and more for all 11 GNAC members. Plus, catch live event coverage on GNAC.tv. When I first came to SFU, I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. When I got into my second semester, I suddenly wasn't so sure what I wanted to do anymore. So I started to explore a little bit. Archaeology, communications, history, even kinesiology. And then I decided to go on exchange to France for a year. I was an orientation leader for a year, became a community advisor in residence, helped start a choir. I even took a rowing course. After SFU, I have lots of possibilities of what I could do. But whatever I do, I know I'll be ready for it. And welcome back to GNAC Insider. I'm Robert Lowry. Uh, I want to mention once again that GNAC Insider is going to take a break for the holiday season. This is going to be our last program of 2014. And on behalf of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, I want to wish you and yours a, a very happy and prosperous holiday season and a happy new year. We're going to be back with our next episode on January the 6th. 
of 2015. Once again, thanks to our guests tonight. I want to thank Michael Fries, the cross-country coach at the University of Alaska Anchorage. Also, thanks to UAA senior guard Ali Madison and Songo Niang off the Simon Fraser University men's basketball team for joining us as well. And as always, thanks to our producer, Nathan Weber, for a job well done. You have a great holiday season. We'll talk to you on January 6th. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry. Thanks you for joining us. And now it's GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACSports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference.